Benny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Yes, it is that. It very nearly wasn't, but it is. I just made it on time. I went to um, Windsor and Detroit for the weekend because I like to go somewhere classy and beautiful. Um, and I was due to fly back from Windsor today. And uh, actually, I was due to fly back this morning. And then just before I went to bed last night in a hotel in Detroit, I decided to just check online. And it says, Porter have cancelled your flight, but don't worry. They've put you on one later in the day. So I thought it was a bit inconvenient, but luckily I'll still make the show. No problem. So I was on my way to the airport in Windsor, and I thought, I'll check in online. Why not be ahead of the game? Technological guru that I am. I'll tell you who I am in a minute, by the way. It was probably a bit untogether, but bear with me. I obviously need to get this off my chest. I think of radio as therapy, really. I'm lying down on the couch. Would you like me to get naked? It's a bit late. I mean, I am. Um, yeah, so I decided I'd go to um, the airport. I checked my phone on the way. It said, your flight's been cancelled. So I phoned Porter, who are usually a quite a good airline. Complimentary coffee at Billy Bishop Airport. And um, they just said, yeah, we've, we've cancelled all the flights out of Windsor today. So, you know, when you think, I don't, I don't even have time to know why. I'm still going to go to the airport and I'm obviously going to rent a car from there one way and drive back so I can make this award-winning radio show. Sorry, radio show. And um, so I thought I'd do that. So I rented a car, cost me $222 plus tax, plus gas. Uh, plus Tim Horton's on the way. You have to. I needed a, um, a a loo break. I don't know if I'm giving you too much detail, have I? I mean, I didn't tell you what kind of loo break. I could have gone more graphic. Um, so did that and then got back here about 10 minutes ago. I've got a car, apparently. Never had one of those before. It's out front. It'll be the one with the little yellow pieces of paper that the uh, city so kindly give anyone that decides to have a car underneath the uh, windshield. Um, so there you go. I don't know what I'm doing. This show's going to be terrible. So um, so my name's Pei Chen, and I'll be on for an hour. Pass the blame. Pass the blame. <laughs> she can get the complaints. It was terrible. Um, no, my name is Vinnie White, unfortunately. Um, for you, I have to try and get together a radio show. I've done this before, and it's gone quite well. It is a bit Russian roulette. Could be a disastrous show, but I like a gamble. I've got a few bits of information. So we'll see how we go. And you can always contribute along the way. 416-872-1010 if you want to call in. You can text the show on 71010. So who the hell's this guy? Well, hi, how you doing? I'm Vinnie White. And I do this radio show every week from 9 through till 10 on the mighty News Talk 1010. News Talk 1010.com. All the usual shenanigans. You can follow me on Twitter if you feel the need. Vinnie White. And you can follow me on Facebook, Vinnie White. And you can follow me in my car on the way home. So... Uh, what's going on? Uh, why on earth did I, if I were you, I'd be thinking, what, first of all, I'm not even sure why you moved to Canada. I certainly don't understand why you're checking out Windsor and Detroit. If you're trying to form a good opinion of this country, Vinny. And I understand your point, because my God, what an armpit that place is. Let's start, let's start with the more attractive of the two, Windsor. And it's very, <laughs> it's very rarely you hear the word attractive and Windsor in the same, at the same time. But if you're comparing it to Detroit, it's peachy. 
It is a little neck of paradise. Get yourself down to Windsor. But do see Detroit to realise how nice Windsor is. Yeah, Windsor is... Um, it's... Uh, well, I feel somewhat condescending telling you, but nonetheless, I'll, I shall, just in case there are some other immigrants amongst us. Windsor is across the river from Detroit, here in Ontario, and it's, it looks... Um, I should imagine it looks a little bit like what Armageddon meets the apocalypse look like. I don't work for the Windsor Tourist Board. Apparently, if you go to La Salle, it's nice, and there are nice areas. But um, if you were to just casually drive through Windsor, you'd feel just a, a quite heavy sense of nausea, fear, panic, and disgust. Again, not working for the Tourist Board, but, um, but then you'd go to Detroit and you'd feel... <laughs> All of those emotions heightened by about 60. <laughs> so I suppose I should tell you why I went. I went because um, I have a lady friend. Get over it! And um, she sort of lives near there. I won't go into detail, but nonetheless, I was visiting a friend. Yeah, so she's a lady. You know what? I can shoot me. And... Um, I decided to check out Windsor and where she lives. And uh, I also wanted to go over to uh, Detroit because why not? Um, probably a hundred thousand reasons. One of them being you'll probably get shot, but why not? So I, I, I very briefly saw Windsor. I can't tell you much about it apart from that feeling that I had of, of being there. And I'm sure I am absolutely positive there are nice parts of it. I just saw the rough and ready sort of leftovers of what used to be a, a car town. And then, of course, you get that, as I say, heightened by a million as soon as you get in Detroit, which is, of course, a spectacular city in many respects. And I think it's very easy to be critical of Detroit because, well, it's a bit of a crap hole, isn't it? Let's be honest. But it's also really, really interesting. And it's got a vibe like certainly no other town I've ever seen. And I would genuinely encourage you to go there because, apart from anything else, it makes you think Toronto is bloody gorgeous. Because... Um, it's it's there's a great documentary actually called Detropia that was shot a few years ago. Start with that, and there's some other right, some other movies as well on the on the Yowchaub, which you can check out um, on the decline of Detroit. But it it is an un, unimaginable change of a city between 2000 and, and 2010. The city's population in Detroit fell by 25 percent, changing it from America's tenth largest city to the 18th. And that feeling of abandonment is just really spooky. If there's a sports game on and you're in the downtown core of Detroit, you'd be like, yeah, it's a pretty normal city. Doesn't look too bad. A few bars. It's all pumping. There's lots of people around. It's even got a monorail. A people mover. Um, you know, so you'd think it's pretty normal. But if there isn't a sports game on, as there wasn't this weekend, or not one that I could see, um, it, feels, it feels like there's about to be a tsunami and there's an alarm gone off and everyone's gone and you weren't told about it. So there's these enormous buildings of, and, and, you know, pinnacles of grandeur that reflect back to when Motown was kicking. And, you know, what, a, what a, a stunning place it used to be in the 50s. 
This was a thriving metropolis that gave birth to a whole new working class after the World War. This is where tanks were built in in the World War. And, of course, those factories went on to build consumer cars for the new nuclear family. And it was amazing. What a thriving, bustling metropolis it was. And as a result, it has this kind of big positive air about it. We can do anything. We're going to do big skyscrapers and huge sweeping streets for five lanes. It feels like you're on a highway driving through... Um, the town. It's not a highway. It's just a really wide road and there's no bugger on it. You know why? Because they've gone. They have gone. And if you really want to see something amazing, um, I decided I would go to 8 Mile. Now, 8 Mile, as um, the very cheerful Eminem often reflects in his poignant and loving lyrics, is a beautiful part of the world full of butterflies and um, fountains and... uh, Natural. Oh, sorry. No, it's an absolute crap hole. And, and I'm not even going to say there's nice bits of it, because if there are, I couldn't find them. And I'm walking around with a camera. I'm like one of these new age hipsters, right? So I, I think they call it poverty porn. It's a disgusting term, but I think that's what they call people like me that um, wander around people's neighborhoods looking at burnt out, uh, burnt out um, houses. And I, I really am more than aware that that could be conceded as in thoroughly disrespectful you know rocking up in a nice car in in eight mile wandering around with a nice thousand dollar camera and uh you know and then taking pictures of people's houses and then getting back in and driving back to your lovely neck of the woods disgusting act and so so one i was very careful about so i was sort of surreptitiously taking photographs of this bizarre area And, and when i use the word apocalypse i know i'm prone to exaggeration i'm not kidding it looks like the apocalypse there are more houses in eight mile burnt out um, than existing. And yet, of course, some people that have thought, well, this will probably turn around soon or have, have got, had nowhere else to go are living in $500 houses. And they ain't going anywhere because when they sell their house and get that 500 bucks, 2000 bucks maybe, you ain't going to get much for that anywhere. So there's these people that are stuck despite the fact all of their neighbours' houses are burnt to the ground and then, of course, all the wires being ripped out of them. And then, of course, they turn into crack houses, drug dens, prostitution rings, and just really nasty places. And I don't think it really struck me as this sort of nonchalant, ignorant Brit walking around it all, just how bad things were when I got talking to some of the locals. And one particular girl yesterday around 8 Mile said, started the conversation to me, actually. She just said, this is a pretty crappy neighbourhood. What are you doing here? And by the way, if you've never seen me, I look like I should be an eight mile. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm that guy that has one pair of jeans and they're frayed at the back because I've only got little legs, but I never went to the tailor. That guy, you know? Yeah, the, the messy one. I'm, I look perfectly at home, but even I look quite rock and roll and glamorous there. It's like I was surfing through Monte Carlo, you know? So, what, yeah, a girl comes up, she says, what are you doing in a place like this? And what was really interesting is she was great and she was local enough. Uh, she didn't live on that particular block, but she lived on a pretty crappy block nearby. And she said, I'm not messing around with you. You really shouldn't be here. And even though it was a bright, sunny day in Detroit yesterday and I'm wandering around, I felt genuine fear when she told me that two people have been shot in that street last week. And these are drive-by shootings. So here I am wandering around, not looking like the locals, not acting like the locals. And you could argue, hyperbole perhaps, 
that it was a matter of time before I and my lady friend were about to be in trouble. I don't think I've ever driven that quickly. And I tell you what, the police aren't coming to stop you if you want to drive quickly around there because they don't go there. Because if you're a policeman, you are not welcome there and you don't know what you're driving into. It is one of the most bizarre places I've ever been on this planet and I have travelled extensively. To think that America is still, and it is still, the most well-doing, richest country in the world as you drive through what can only be described as a horror show, a war scene of burnt out, decrepit, collapsing houses, garbage beds and couches piled up and people that are evidently walking quickly because they're living in fear. And to think that that is the most successful country in the world still, and it still is, is for me inconceivable. And I would advise if you're listening to this in the States, I would take a little trip there and just to realise how lucky you are. And also, I would just ask a few questions about how your government is capable of living with themselves, knowing that the wealth gap is in such a disgusting place that people can live in California in beach houses worth millions without even a single regard for their brothers and sisters in other parts of the country. And I mean that. I do. I really mean that. I think it's disgusting. And I know it's a huge problem, and I don't expect you to... Uh, I, the government, um, or certainly the local government of Detroit, since they've been bankrupt, to, to fix things up. It is a unpopulated land that isn't going to turn around quickly. The car plants aren't about to reopen anytime soon. Not on any mass, anyway. So, okay, sure, you can let some of the neighbourhoods go, but it surely doesn't have to be this way where you have swathes of miles of land. The reason 8 Mile is called 8 Mile, it's 8 miles from the city centre. And the, the crap zone goes from mile 2 to mile 11. Block after block of utter disgrace. And uh, it's mind-blowing. So, do go to Detroit. It's a happy, clappy place to be. <laughs> As with all these things, there's always a, a sort of grain of hope, and I think it's always good to concentrate on that. There is a wonderful thing called the Heidelberg Project, which I saw this morning. It's an outdoor art project in Detroit. And it was started in 1986. And I would really, if you are in Detroit, or even if you're in Windsor, pop over and have a look at this. It's amazing. Um, it's by an artist that I was talking to earlier today called Tyree Goyton. Cool dude. Uh, big black guy who was out there uh, today. What it is, is, is about two or three blocks of uh, what he would call an outdoor art environment. It's the neighbourhood city's east side, uh, just north of the city's historical African-American Black Bottom area. As uh, Tyree, a guy that grew up, um, managed to start making attention drawn to the plight of his neighbourhood. If you don't really know what happened in that area and so much of, of the outskirts of Detroit, um, essentially there was a massive riot in 1967 Guyton himself described coming back to his street after serving time in the army and he was astonished to see that the surrounding neighbourhood looked as if, quote, a bomb had gone off. And so from that point onwards, he started making an art project. And I tell you what, it's pretty weird. Proper weird. If you're into weird art, it's the place to be. I'm talking about shopping carts in trees. I'm talking about a boat full of stuffed toys. I'm talking about some of the decrepit houses polka-dotted with, and the entire street is full of polka dots. Just an amazing place to be. 
and one of the most certainly bizarre art shows, installations, if you want, I've ever seen. And even if you're not into arts, it is damn right creepy to walk amongst the Heidelberg Project and see it in its bizarre weirdness. For example, a stuffed giraffe hanging from a tree covered in baby's arms. Little bit weird. Yeah. You know, like when you wake up in a panic, it's a bit like that. Do you remember when you were a kid and you used to have night terrors? It's like living in that. But it's actually sort of, it has this beautiful air of dark comedy about it as well because it's just so ridiculous. For example, one of the houses that's recently been burnt out has turned into part of this two-block-wide art installation. And what they've done in the guts of this burnt-out house and decrepit ruin in the outskirts of Detroit in a forgotten neighbourhood that no-one cares about, they've filled it full of medals. So there's medals and awards that presumably they've found from other houses and it has the most bizarre effect on you because you see these beautiful, gleaming, shiny uh, awards for people's everything. A discus, running, swimming, you name it, darts, all in amongst fire, ruin and sorrow. And there's cut up dolls in amongst it as well with their hair like standing on edge and some of it's been burnt. So you're like, oh, all these medals that represent pride and honour and winning are in amongst this disgusting, torn apart, burnt out house. It is a fascinating thing. Um, So I went into the gift shop, which is a decrepit house, and uh, spoke to one of the women there about the decline of Detroit. And I just asked her, what's going on? What is this place? And and what's happening in Detroit? Hi. Hi, how are you? How you doing? Great. I'm so happy, yeah. I don't know, I've never seen anything like it. I'm just having a lovely day. There isn't anything like it. No, there isn't. Are you warming your hands up? Yeah. <laughs> Is that connected to the um, to the solar power? No. Tower? The solar panels run the lights for nighttime. Oh, do they? So you can walk up down the street at night? Oh, I bet it looks amazing at night. It is. And uh, how come you're on power here? Is this actually on the grid? Um, yeah, but there, there's very little electricity in here. Yeah, hence... You huddling up to this yes. thing, yeah. Is it nice? It's, it's good, yeah. It's tasty, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we were just speaking to... Guyton, Tyree Guyton. Tyree, yeah. And um, when did this all start? Was it a few years ago? 29 years ago. Tyree is the artist who started this project. He started 29 years ago. Mm-hmm. So did he know that he was going to carry on and turn it into this massive two-block affair. He just wanted to clean up his neighborhood. He grew up in the polka-dotted house. Right. His mom still lives there. What does she think of all this? Oh, of course, she supports him. Yeah. No, I don't think he thought it was going to turn into all this. He he just wanted to clean up the area. What happened was he went away to the army, and when he came back, the neighborhood was really deteriorated. Yeah. And he started cleaning up lots, um, little by little, and... He started turning the things he was finding in the lots into artwork. Yeah. Um, nobody else was cleaning up the neighborhood, you no. know. Uh, but now, 29 years ago, street art wasn't all that popular. No. So the neighbors were calling the city on him. The city came in and partially bulldozed this project twice in the 90s. And he just kept rebuilding. And uh, now we get over 275,000 visitors a year. Yeah. And I would imagine the city wouldn't even dream of coming in now, would they? Uh, believe it or not, 
I wouldn't be surprised. You still get complaints? Surely the city's got bigger things to worry about. Oh, they do. <laughs> they do, but uh, it really just depends on who's in office, who the mayor is, yeah. whether or not they're going to mess with us. This mayor we have right now, I don't think he's a fan of the arts um, because we're not the only ones he's been messing with. And he really hasn't been messing with us, mm. um, but I can see it happening. Mm. Because there's some other things going around the city that he's messing with. There's no reason for him to mess with. Is this the guy, because when they declared bankruptcy a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. did the mayor leave after that? Is this a new one? Yeah, it's a new one. Uh, yeah. So he's trying to put his stamp on things. Yeah. Well, he's cleaning up the city, but he's tearing down all these beautiful murals. And there's no reason to do that. I mean, there's... Bigger fish for him to fry yeah, here. I mean, a lot bigger. Yeah. <laughs> than to go and paint walls. If yeah. it's if it's a mural that somebody made look beautiful, well, I don't know why he's messing with those. He he should be taking down the abandoned houses that are standing. Yeah, there's plenty of them. That people are, you know, kids in the neighborhood can get into those houses and get hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah there's. Whatever makes him famous probably is what he's going to do, you know. I guess whether it's good or bad. So I was speaking today there to someone that runs the Heidelberg Project, a art project on Heidelberg Street in Detroit uh, in a very, very run-down area. And uh, she was saying there, you know, perhaps the mayor, like other mayors before him, will destroy the project. If it was me as mayor which it isn't, but let me make this point very clear. If it was me as mayor and I was having a meeting about the state of Detroit, I'd have a few people around the table and someone would say, right, we need to address in this meeting uh, the crack houses, uh, the lack of funding for the police, uh, lack of funding for the hospitals, um, some of the issues with the roads that are in a state of disrepair, uh, the education system, which is uh, beside itself. And then if someone came in and said, um, oh, actually, I wanted to bring up a point about an art project, should we get rid of that? I'd say, get out. Don't like don't even I don't care about an art project that's not hurting anyone. Get out and don't ever come to me again with such gibberish because we have immense problems that we need to deal with. The fact that I even noticed it is beyond me. If some guy wants to put a few shopping trolleys, shopping carts in a tree, fill your boots. <laughs> like don't worry about it. But uh, she did go on to explain a little bit more about it as well. Do you think this area um do you think that it's slowly getting better or is it still, it is but is it? i would say from from downtown it's working its way out right so it's really starting to get better in the downtown area first and little by little it's trickling out into the neighborhoods yeah um are you, you seeing that i mean are there, are there less houses becoming abandoned now in this in this area um no, not really. Uh, there's still people who are walking away from houses. In most cases, and even on this block, now all the houses here are occupied. People live in all these houses here. Mm. Um, what, I, what I've noticed, at least in this neighborhood, um, these houses are passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. Um, the next door neighbors, there's, this is the third generation that's living next door. So it, they don't really, 
they don't really leave <laughs> until it gets down to the, the person who can't keep it up. Yeah. And then once they can't keep it up, eventually they move away and leave it. That's kind of how it seems to Where work. does everyone go? I mean, we've, we've lost hundreds of thousands of people in this city. Where, I don't where, know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where they're going. <laughs> I suppose they're going everywhere else, aren't I, they? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Oh, well, I, I'm encouraged to hear that it's turning around, but it's evidently going to take quite a long time, isn't it? It is going to take a long time. How much is a house worth? You can buy a house in this neighborhood for $500. 500 bucks. Some of them are actually quite nice, aren't they? Some of them are beautiful. Some you need a little more... bit of renovation and they'd be great. And then I've also seen uh, the city doing yeah. different things. Like, hi, how are you guys? Good. $20. Um, one of the things I noticed recently is the city has incentives to get people to move into the, into the city. Um, there's one loan that they were offering. I don't know if they still are, but it was a $25,000 loan. Where if you buy a house in the city, they'll give you this $25,000 to renovate your home. And as long as you live there for five years, right. they'll relinquish $5,000 a year. So mm -hmm. essentially after five years, the loan goes away. I see. So, so you kind of get a free house, but you can't go in there, flip it, and sell it. Right, what exactly. what they definitely don't want. Exactly. Yeah. That's what they don't want to happen, yes. So maybe Detroit is on the up. And I like to think so. Some of your texts that have come in so far talking about this... Uh, Vinny, you were, you were in the other side of Detroit. There is a thriving art and artistic scene developing in Detroit. Many young 20 to 30-year-olds um, trying to make a life there. Check out Anthony Bourdain's Detroit. Um, always worth a watch. Someone else said, Vinny, 8 Mile is the only place that I've seen that the KFC has bulletproof glass. Yeah, says Ted in Oshawa. And then uh, lots of people in Windsor, of course. I grew up in Windsor, says someone, doesn't give their name. Used to be a lovely place, but it's fallen on hard times. La Salle is a disaster on a good day. Mexican town over the bridge in Detroit makes Eight Mile look like paradise. Shocking stuff. Now, as the little bit of hope that dribbled out there, I'd like to concentrate on that. I think that it probably will be all right. And in the downtown core on Woodward Avenue, I think it is, there's some pretty swanky shops, like really cool fashion stores and even a few nightclubs. And I went to a really wicked old school Motown bar on Friday night where I got mildly drunk on whiskey and danced my little socks off. So there is fun to be had and it is slowly on the up. And if you've got some money, I would actually genuinely suggest buying a place downtown in uh, Detroit, if I were you. However, I wouldn't be buying an eight mile just yet. That's a very long term investment. And let's face it, you buy a house there and you don't live there. It's going to be gutted in about a week. So there's a bit of a way to go. But artists do change the world a little bit. I like them. And I, my big shout out to the Heidelberg Project and the out, uh, Outdoor Art Project in Detroit, where I was today, uh, funded, fronted and created by Tari Guyton and some of the community in the area. Happy days. Now, usually this show's a bit of a giggle. Woman just phoned up and said, can you stop being miserable? Listen, buddy, sometimes you have to look at the bad. And then we talk about stupid things, like the Elton John debates with Dolce & Gabbana and all the other stuff that's gone in this week. So we'll come back after the break and lighten the load a little bit. And if you're listening in Detroit, big shout out to you and a big audio cuddle. This is the Fenny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. All right, how you doing? Thanks for your input. Loads of texts on the Detroit um, winter thing, where I was this weekend, where I nearly didn't get back from. Got my flight cancelled today. Cost me $222 for 
to rent a one-way car. And the gas. Have I already said that? I think I said it earlier, didn't I? Like a, it must be like having a miserable husband today. Just going on and on, moaning. So another thing that's rubbish. Windsor, that's rubbish. You know Detroit, that was rubbish. <laughs> Sorry if I'm a bit down. I've had a very good day, actually, and a lovely weekend. Um, genuinely, it was really good. Um, Elton John this week. Um, Elton John. I think last time he was in the news, it's because he fell off his chair backwards wearing a shell suit. By the way, who still wears that? You know, those leisure suits, as the Americans call them. Sort of, you look as if you're about to pop yourself in the oven on Gas Mark 4 for 20 minutes. Ridiculous things. He wears them and a slip-on. Now, I am no fashion guru. But come on, you're a multi-millionaire. Like you can still be comfy and not look like an absolute prick, surely. Um, but now he's gonna he's popped up in the news yet again for different reasons this time. That's nice. <laughs> He had the full range of emotions. If you compare this to Crocodile Rock, you wouldn't know it's the same fellow, would you? All right, listen, buddy, this show's already been pretty depressing. Get rid of it. Is that sorry seems to be the hardest word? <laughs> Most miserable song ever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, I in, the weird thing is, I actually heard that song last night in Detroit. What a reflection on how bad this is. I went to what, how bad a state Detroit is in. I went to a dueling pianos bar in Detroit and he sang that, or one of them did, and one of the pianos and the other, the other guy was sort of backing along. And he said halfway through, he goes, to get to the end of the song, I'm going to need $10. <laughs> and then I realised they're essentially human jukeboxes in Detroit. They won't play anything until you put money in their um, ice bucket on their piano. It's like, pay the wage. Why are we doing this? It's like a request machine. And luckily, no one paid anything, so we didn't get to the end of the song. Best thing ever. Good old capitalism. Making the world a richer place. Anyway, Elton John is uh, boycotting Dolce & Gabbana. You may have heard about this. Um, I am so out of the fashion world. I didn't know Dolce & Gabbana were people. I didn't. Is that how it works in fashion? I don't know. Is Nike a person? I didn't know. Apparently, uh, Dolce & Gabbana are the Italian designers Dominitro Dolce and Stefano Gabbana. Um, which sounds authentic when you um, imitate a Italian accent. And um, they are two lovely little gay fellas uh, that this week said, not entirely sure why it came up, but um, they were outraged, outraged quite a lot of people, actually, when it came to uh, same-sex adoptions. Dolce and Gabbana said this week, the only family is a traditional one. No chemical offsprings and rented uterus. Life has a natural flow. There are things that should not be changed. Now, Sir Elton John, who has had two children by IVF with his husband, David Furnish, wrote on Instagram, how dare you refer to my beautiful children as synthetic? And then he went on to say, shame on you for wagging your judgmental fingers at IVF, a miracle that has allowed legions of loving people, both straight and gay, to fulfil their dream of having children. Your archaic thinking is out of step with the times, just like your fashions. Ooh! Arkada! I shall never wear Dolce & Gabbana again, he said. 
And then he did a hashtag, which is what anyone does when they want to make a point now, or irritate me, um, by making a hashtag boycott Dolce and Gabbana. Boycott Dolce Gabbana, which has to be the easiest thing in the world to boycott. <laughs> I didn't know, but I've been successfully boycotting Dolce and Gabbana for many years. Vinny, I think we should play the Riff Raff song at some point. What's that? Oh, yes, we should. Yeah, get that little puppy ready, Elliot. Elliot's great, isn't he? He's such a beautiful man. Have around the place. Propping up this show like a support on a Detroit bridge. Temporary, not very well, and dangerously. But we like him anyway. Um, so, yeah, so what did he do? He, he said, boycott Dolce & Gabbana, which is somewhat undermined by the next day him walking outside his house with a Dolce & Gabbana bag! Why did you not think that through? And then he did the worst thing you can do. He said, oh, I think it was photoshopped. And then he said, actually, it wasn't photoshopped. No, I did, I did have a Dolce & Gabbana bag, but I was only going to the gym. You just said the day before, boycott Dolce & Gabbana, and then you come out with it. <laughs> I want everyone to boycott drinking any fluids. What? I mean, come on. Get a grip. It's turning into one of those doddery old men, isn't he? <laughs> Bless him. Go on, give us a bit of that rap track. Iceberg Simpson. Who's this? This is a riff rap. This is his song, uh, Dolce & Gabbana. Only <laughs> But he says Dolce. Uh, it's a terrific pronunciation for these hip hop hosts. It's from Houston. Yeah, that explains it all. Yes, but I just thought when you mentioned you were going to do this, I thought we should really have riff rap on the show in song form. Is this an actual, is he serious? It's not clear if he's serious or not. It's halfway to a parody. Something like that. <laughs> I can't believe we're piping this through uh, News Talk 1010. News Talk 1010. But we are, we're doing You're it. listening to the new hip-hop station, News Talk 1010, or as we call it, News Talk 1010. Aye. That's as, as much as I felt we should afford him. Yeah, I feel like there's just a small trickle of blood running through one of my ears, and uh, I, my nausea level has gone up beyond the point of a flight cancellation. You know, one of the things about driving around Detroit today is every, everything's hip-hop all the time. And I'm, I'm a firm believer of when in Rome, right? So I was driving around, giving it the big one with my... I was driving my 5.0. Girls were hot wearing less than bikinis, drive me and lovers, driving Lamborghinis. Is that vanilla rice? <laughs> I think that's the only hip-hop I know. But I was listening to hip-hop. And you know the problem with me is, because I'm English and because I'm a big fan of the English language, I can't listen to it. There was one lyric, she goes... I was turning on the block and I should have went the other way. And I just couldn't help but shout around, should have gone the other way. You can't should have went. I correct rappers all the way through. <laughs> all right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with something. I don't know what. If you're not happy with this show, I think it's unfair to make a complaint today. I think normally you're quite within your rights to make a complaint to the um, officers in charge of the Vinnie White show. But today, I think you should let me off because I just got here. My car's barely cooled down. Not my car, the one I had to rent to get here because I had a flight cancelled from Windsor. Did I mention it? So I, I didn't have a great deal of time to prep. And you know what? We're getting through it. 
So give a man a break. Although you would think it was going to be a better show than this because, you know, I'm off for a few weeks now. Yeah, I'm going somewhere hot because I can't cope anymore um, because this isn't spring. And uh, I'm just, just getting to the point where I want to shoot myself every time I walk outside. So I'm going, I'm going to jump on a plane and go to Central America where everything's all right and you can do what you want for almost nothing. And then I'll come back as soon as you people have organised a proper spring. Hmm? Until then, I am simp- I'm, I'm boycotting. There you go. There's my hashtag. Boycott cold weather. Going out to everyone north of, well, the Mexican border, really, at the moment. When we come back, more stuff on News Talk 1010, your favourite hip-hop station. Listening to the Vinnie White Show. Go on, do it. Hurry up. You're tuned in, tuned in. to the Vinnie White Show on In Depth Radio News Talk 1010. He's got a better voice than me. And he's got power. Imagine me doing one of those Hollywood voiceovers for movies. I'd never do it properly, would I? In a world of fear, there's only one man that can make the apocalypse go away. In a world of fear. See, I can't do it. No point trying. I could do Mrs. Doubtfire, that's about it. Um, this week, a British Airways flight to du- Dubai was forced to return to Heathrow. Oh. Why? Is it because someone got drunk like they do in this country? Hmm? No. No. Is it because there was engine failure? Nope. Nope. Then why, you may ask, did a British Airways flight to Dubai come back to Heathrow instead of going to Dubai? Well, the answer is um, a poo. Yeah. I, 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 I simply cannot concede what this person had eaten the night before. <laughs> but apparently the flight was diverted back to England this week due to a foul odour emanating from an overflowing toilet. What did he do in there? Uh, a passenger on the plane... Um, who happens to be a town councillor, so I, don't, I guess that gives him some sort of air of authority and fact, said that the seven-hour flight was aborted because of a smelly poo in the toilet. That's not my words. That's the words of a town councillor in the United Kingdom. Cabin crew were unable to fix the problem <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the smell became unbearable for passengers seated nearby, <laughs> forcing the plane to turn around near Brussels. And land at Heathrow Airport. (laughs) A British Airways captain told passengers the smell was from liquid faecal excrement. (laughs) I love the detail. I love that he thought, oh, they're not going to be happy with this. I better describe it. Or what should we say, John? Well, I think, let me just warm this up. What about I say something like, we're going to have to go back to London because it smells. Oh, to give a bit more detail. All right, we'll have to go back to London because the toilet really smells and someone's done an absolute humdinger. Mm, can you make it more sort of sciency? All right, how about this? We're going to have to go back to London, Heathrow, because of uh, liquid faecal excrement in the toilet. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're eating. I really am. Yeah, everything seemed fine until the captain made an announcement about 30 minutes after takeoff. He told the uh, newspaper travel section of the mail... Daily Mail, uh, not a particularly good paper, but it's such a funny story that I can't help but believe it's true. Uh, the pilot made an announcement requiring senior cabin crew, and we knew something was a bit odd. About 10 minutes later, he said, you may have noticed that the smell was really quite pungent from one of the toilets. 
we're heading home. Oh, dear. I've ignored all the calls through this show. I've been rabbiting on about Detroit, so I shall take one. Hello, Heather. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm I'm all right now. I had a bit of a stressful day, what with the yeah. old flight cancellation. I don't know if I it mentioned it. It sounds it. Yeah, but I'm here now, and it's lovely to be back. Yes, and it's nice to hear you back. I quite like Toronto, you know. I sometimes give it a hard time, and I, I know I'm buggering off for a bit because it's a bit cold, but when you go to Windsor and Detroit, you realise, you know what, it's pretty good here. Well, I live in Hamilton, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, well, don't hold it against me, and I won't hold it against you that you live in Toronto. <laughs> Very good. Touche. Uh-huh. And actually, I have to say, with the, and I genuinely mean this, Hamilton, much like Detroit in many ways, is coming up beautifully, and it has a vibrant art scene. It's coming up. They're trying to make it better. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, it's not my favorite place either, but it's got its good points, and it's got its, it's, got its bad. Yeah. But yeah. the reason I'm calling in is because... I just got a new phone from my 19-year-old son a month ago, mm. and I'm so I'm now I'm starting to get a little bit tech savvy, a little bit. Well, you, you older, made this right? phone call successfully, so I think you're doing jolly well. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> well I just googled your picture. Oh yeah, you're so cute. <laughs> I can't believe it. Your voice is like I picture you. Absolutely, completely different than what you look like. Can I predict what you thought I looked like? Because I've heard this from so many people, and I wonder if if you're about to say this. You thought that I was short, quite fat, and bald. Oh, absolutely not. No, what did you think I was like then? Oh no, no, I no, I didn't. I thought um, you probably had really kind of longish hair, curly, mm. um, dark hair, um, very slim. Um, I'm very, you know, you're so English, um, and you probably dressed very kind of coolish, funky, sort of. Yeah, bowler hat, cup of tea, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Red running shoes, that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And wow, but you're so good looking. Well, I, I can only assume you're remarkably drunk. Pardon? <laughs> Thank what you. What did you say? I said I can only assume you're remarkably drunk. I'm hardly not. <laughs> Holy cow, but yeah, you're so good looking, so now I can put the voice to the face. Well, wow. Heather, I was having a, a bit of a tough day, and I have to say you are one little uh, hot potato. Thank you very much for calling in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have a great holiday. Thank you, dear. And I will miss you. Oh, take care. Thanks for coming. In my dreams. Oh, blimey. (laughs) It's getting rather hot in here, isn't it? (laughs) Goodbye, love. Goodbye. Well, you couldn't make it up, this show. I mean, I did. I absolutely winged it with about 10 minutes planning. But nonetheless, somehow, it was uh, rather good. Well, certainly good my ego, regardless. Um, It's been a pleasure. I'm off for a few weeks now. I am genuinely going to Central America. I promise I'll come back and do loads and loads of radio. And I'll probably cover for Mike Bullard and stuff during the summer. But I've got to go away for a few days because I just can't be pissing bothered with this cold anymore. So I'm going to warm up and then I'm going to come back and I promise I will be hanging around for the summer, OK? I know. I know I'm a wimp. You know what? I'm beyond caring. Elliot, you're a lovely man. Thank you for doing this. Pay will be in for me for the next few weeks. I'll be back after that. Always a privilege. And you know what? It's never a chore. I think I want to have your baby.